we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It go down. It go down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, the weekend Arctic cold snap led to severe freezing, burst pipes, and a huge demand for BC hydropower. In fact, the peak hourly electricity demand, the hour the customers actually use the most electricity, uh, reached a record level on Friday night when it reached 11,300 megawatts. Now, Friday night's consumption was more than 30% higher than the previous Friday night. Um, now, before the new record was set on uh, on Friday, the previous record was just under 11,000 megawatts, which was set uh, in December of 2022. Now, even with this record set, uh, record-breaking demand, BC didn't require imports from the market and also had enough generating capacity to provide support to its neighbors, of course, uh, here in Alberta and, of course, the Pacific Northwest as well. Here's a BC Hydro spokesperson, Susie Reeder. She spoke to our Jill Bennett earlier today. Take a listen. With our careful planning, um, we were able to not only meet that domestic demand, but also uh, help out in Alberta. So our hydroelectric system has about 12,000 megawatts of capacity, plus we have um, a bit from thermal as well and a small percentage from fossil fuels. On Saturday, we provided 200 megawatts, and on Sunday, we provided about 480 megawatts to Alberta. Now, next door, of course, in Alberta, the Alberta Energy Systems Operator actually issued another grid alert for the province this morning, the fourth in as many days, but before it was uh, promptly ended with the operator uh, chalking quick relief up to wind and solar generation. Uh, as uh, Susie Reader there said, uh, BC Hydro exported 200 megawatts to Alberta. Energy Minister Josie Osborne was uh, speaking to our Simi Sarah earlier today. Uh, t- uh, take a listen to her comments. It's important to understand some big differences between BC and Alberta. And first of all, we have this large hydroelectric system that really has the backbone of our energy system. So that makes us very resilient and able to integrate intermittent and renewable sources like wind and solar into the grid more easily. So we can take advantage when the wind is blowing or when the sun is shining, but then at nighttime or when it's not windy, we've got this big hydroelectric system that backs us up. And that's effectively like a big battery. And it's firm and reliable power. So you combine that with the way that we trade energy and import and export at the right times, and British Columbians can continue to depend on the reliable electricity that we see from BC Hydro. Uh, that was Energy Minister Josie Osborne speaking to our semi Sarah earlier today. So were we just lucky, or did BC Hydro plan well? Joining me now to discuss the issue is Rob Shaw, Czech News' political correspondent who has been uh, covering this issue. Rob, thank you for joining us. Hey, Jazz. Thanks for having me on. So uh, I know you were to call him on this issue uh, just recently. Walk me through what happened in regards to BC Hydro, in this case, being prepared uh, for this past weekend. 
Well, you heard the sort of energy minister there talking about how our dams and our reservoirs uh, for BC Hydro act is like kind of a battery. Mm-hmm. And that what hydro tries to do throughout the year is buy power when it's cheaper on the market so that it can use that and preserve uh, some of the water that it can then draw on later. It sort of charges up the dams. And then in a, in a huge emergency, it can even send water through in a kind of inefficient manner, uh, supercharging those dams to get more power out as well. And that's kind of that backbone of our system that you heard the energy minister talk about. It's one of the reasons why, you know, um, the new Democrat government, which opposed the Site C dam project, which is coming online next year, eventually got their minds around to the idea you can't just transition to renewable power um, without that backbone or you end up in the position of Alberta where the wind wasn't blowing, so their wind farms weren't going. It was nighttime and the solar farms weren't there. They they were firing all of their uh, coal and, and gas-powered plants and they had nothing left. And so they had to choose to, to you know put out that alert and then import uh, some power, which we sold uh, to them at the super premium. So that's kind of the main difference and it's one of the reasons why I think we're in the position in BC where we're able to to put that call out as the government is now talking about, well, we'll create some more small independent power projects, but without the backbone of the dams and Site C, uh, we wouldn't be able to kind of plan throughout the year to to make sure that, that hydro can have what it needs when it needs it. So it, it, the fact that they did what they did and it paid off in this case, could we do this every year then? Is this going to be a plan for them to do in the near future in regards to perhaps purchasing at this point until they get more power uh, with this call for power, which is probably going to come very soon. Is this something that's going to be a regular thing in your mind for hydro? Well, hydro does it all the time. Uh, they just don't, we don't really pay any attention to it. It's got a whole arm called PowerX where it's kind of like the stock market trading of energy. And they've got these very, very highly paid people who buy, you know, low and sell high and, and make a ton of money. Usually hydro is backstopped and its rates are kept low by the money made trading energy uh, like that. But the difference in the last year we had is, is there was a drought, a uh, record-breaking drought. And so hydro was even more, I think, conservative about preserving some of that damn water for periods that it was going to need later. And that's the question going forward is if we have droughts, and not just the drought we had, but the kind of re- continuing effect of it, because um, the, the worry next year is that with an early, um, you know, kind of freezing and a lower snowpack, we didn't recharge, uh, you know, the water basins across the province. And so we'll have a rolling drought. And if that continues to happen, then hydro has less water, has to buy more. And I think the concern, the long-term concern for hydro Mm -hmm. is that drought combination combined with the fact we know, and hydro's admitted, they don't have enough power in the future for all the electric cars for all this um, heat pumps, for the vision of the future that the NDP has where everyone is on electricity to the extent they can, hydro needs more energy uh, to power that. And so we're, we're kind of in this period now where they really have to find ways to generate more in the future or all that trading uh, isn't going to be able to keep up. It's safe to say that uh, Site C, which is our, significantly over budget, uh, close to completion, but significantly over budget will be, and I think it's the the, the numbers they're pushing out is that it can power 450,000 homes or 1.7 million uh, electric vehicles once completed. You can't do both. You got a little of both maybe. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's a, is it safe to say that Site C will be our last major hydroelectric 
dam in this province in regards to just public sentiment and the debate that went on before it was built? Yeah, I think logistics-wise, it probably will be. And, and, you know, the government reluctantly continued to build it. And I think they are happy and glad that they did. But uh, it's hard-pressed to, to get through the kind of environmental concerns and the, and the, um, the massive logistical undertaking that it is to build another dam. And so you're, you're going to see, I think, the government pivot hydro to this new power call, which is going to be smaller-scale local solar wind maybe even geothermal um, uh, you know projects that will supplement the dams and the dams will stay the way that they are that you don't hear hydro talk about building another dam that's just we've kind of reached our i think uh, political and logistical ability to do that but we have an incredible advantage in what we do have compared to alberta and compared to other provinces and so that um, that without that Without building Site C, you know, I think we'd be in a really tough position to, to chart our energy future. So give New Democrats credit, I guess. They campaigned against Site C. They promised to get rid of it. They stuck with it when they looked at the numbers and realized it kind of made sense. And they're able to reap the benefits of it now with a climate plan that relies on that power coming online in 2025 and, uh, and a whole new, uh, you know, kind of renewable power as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a challenge. The, the hydroelectric, whether you debate debate hydroelectric power or not, the ha- that, that's done now. And moving forward, I think the energy policies that we have and what what we focus on is going to be very challenging, whether it's wind or solar or, as you say, geothermal, hydrogen, whatever it may be, is going to be a lot of talk, a lot of debate moving forward. But uh, this will be probably be, as, as I think you said, and many others have said, that uh, this will be the last uh, hydroelectric dam for this province, that's for sure. Rob, thank you for your time. Okay, take care.